locations. Wake up, Lincoln. Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine, rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Monday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, early break, fun show so far. you got the podcast at theticketfm.com. The show is sponsored, as always, by Gaina Trucking. You want to announce our special guest for tomorrow? I, we think, have? I think that I don't want to lock it in officially, but we're trending hard toward getting Sam Cook tomorrow at 7 o'clock. The 16-year NFL veteran just retired late last week. Yes, Sam, Sam Cook. I'm, I'm trading Puncher. trading text with Sam, um, and I think tomorrow at seven is what we're angling for. How about that? Uh, sorry, I was a little hard on your band uh, Blink 182. I just think you can do better. I just like to hear hear you come with a little more oomph. A that little, was a pretty good oomph for a, a little more gritty rock. That what the issue is. A fast-moving song. Yeah, it's not. You know, I it, I recognize there's uh, the popularity, and it went over well with most yeah, of it our did. Texas. Right, right. Yeah. By the way, Don't thank you that. for everybody. I mean, it's amazing the engagement we have on a Monday morning in May. God bless you all. God bless you all, Vince and Bobby for calling. Vince was in fact in his garage when he was yelling bloody knuckles. Um, he goes into his garage. Because he has a family. Four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> the West Coast. 4.45. Yeah, four. You're right. He's up early. Uh, a couple things before I move on with the hour to address. Um, yes. You, know, you, speaking of song of the day, you have been very critical of anything in the early 2000s. Yes, you're still going to throw now, it. Now, yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, uh, people ahead. like Doc would chime in saying, you know, Sip. Uh-huh. For someone that despises that era so much, you seem to like Seether quite a bit. I do like him, and you're right. You're right. That's true. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not that mm-hmm. every. Yeah, walk yourself out of this one. I'm going to go ahead and walk it out. Yeah, I see. I saw that a little stumbling in here trying to find your way out of this mess. <laughs> I saw the pause. I saw the brain. <laughs> I'm not, it's not Nervous. hard. It's not hard to yeah. walk out of this mess. Go ahead, try. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to walk right out of it right now. Not, not every band is bad in 2000s, just like not every band is good in 1970s. Sometimes I turn the channel on the 70s dial. But you're but, sad when you do that, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> God, I hate to deal with this, but I don't like this yeah, song. Yeah. So, no, there's good bands in every in every era. It's just that some eras are much better than others. And early 2000s was a Darth. There was a Darth of good music at that point. But Seether made it through. Seether made it through. <laughs> there's some other bands that made it through, too. Um, before we get into our topic, Joe in Boulder says, uh, we did address this earlier, but he, he, I don't think he was listening at this point. He says, Jake, thoughts on the PGA Championship quickly? Okay, quickly. Uh, Justin Thomas is a very deserving winner. He, on s- Friday, was playing in the brutal part of the day. I mean, okay. it, it got easier as the day went on s- Friday. 50s and blustery. That was Saturday. Oh. Friday, 
Okay. Friday was horrible weather in the morning and much better in the afternoon. So the scores got lower, better, past noon or so. He played early morning, and he shot a 67, 300 par, in really, really tough conditions. Now, he faltered on Saturday, had a bad, I think he shot three or four over on Saturday, to put himself out of the mix, seven shots down going into Sunday. But he battled back. He made, he made like an 80-foot birdie putt on, I think, hole 11 or 12, which kind of sparked him. And then, you know, birdie 17, barely misses a birdie in 18, so he feels like he's going to be one shot short. But Mito Pereira, who led all day long. Mito. Mito was up by one going to hole 18, slices his tee shot into the, the water. The creek uh, ends up making a six, so he even misses out on the playoff. You know, a bogey would have gotten in the playoff with Zalatoris and Thomas, but he goes double, misses out completely. Oh, Mito. So in the PGA, it's a three-hole Okay. Three-hole playoff. If they need more than that, they go play sudden death beyond that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Justin Thomas shoots 200 par in the in the playoff to beat Will Zalatoris. And he gets a second major. Uh, a deserving winner. T- very, very tough golf course. 500 par was the winning score, which is low yeah, it's tough. in today's it's day tough, and age. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it was a, a nice winner. I'm, I'm glad to see that somebody that is – respected and well-known like Justin Thomas won because the leaderboard for a while was looking like a bunch of, not like, not to me, no names, but to a, a common viewer like you. Mito? Yeah, who's you, you'd be like, who's Mito Pereira? Who's yeah, Cameron yeah, Young? I, I who's know, these guys? No, I know Mito Pereira won twice in the Corn Ferry Tour. That's, that's, that's it. That's like the minor leagues of golf. Yeah, I think this was his first major. He had played the majors before. He played the majors. Yeah. He had certainly played, never won a major. No, he's never, he's never won a PGA tournament. Right. Corn Ferry is the the level you've got to win it to get to the PGA Tour. Question for you. They they used to play this tournament, the PGA, in August, right? Yes. Why did they move it to May? Well, because they got lost in the shuffle. I mean, the August is, is football season, you know, and, and I think post the British Open, uh, people just kind of lost interest in okay. golf as they got ready for, golf, uh, for football season. Okay. So I believe they did it because there's always been kind of a buffer for, for one, for a major in May. Because they at one point had the Players Championship in May, which now they moved to March. Okay. So you've got now from March to July, you've got March is the Players, April is the Masters, May is the PGA, June is the U.S. Open, yeah. and July is the British Open. So the, five straight months of important major tournaments. Yeah, I think you're starting a U.S. Open on June 16th. On I think June you're right. 16th. Okay. All right. Let's talk. Let's talk Nebraska. Uh, yes. Four zero two four six four five six eight five. Call or text as always. So every time we say next year, I, it it almost becomes facetious now for Nebraska fans as they're trying to keep their vigor alive for the sports teams and hope that they start winning at a at a, any sort of level, not just a high level, but how about winning at any level for Nebraska sports this year? Of course. Three and nine football team. Uh, the basketball team was was last in the Big Ten once again, and baseball misses the Big Ten tournament in their backyard in Omaha starting up this week. Didn't get the eight seed. They were the nine seed. Missed it by a spot. So I'm curious. Coming off the worst year in Nebraska men's sports history collectively, what is what's an acceptable goal? For those programs okay. for next year. Okay, I think we can. We're not going to be crazy. Oh, we got to make the dance. No, we're not going to make the dance. No, uh, you can do this. I think you can do this. You can have a very reasonable discussion. I'd say let's start with basketball. With men's basketball, what's reasonable? One thing I would be doing if I was Fred is I would be 
issuing some form of gentle reminders about Danny Nee's tenure. Danny Nee in Ten- year in year four, it was bad. It was bleak. Year four of Danny Nee, ten and eighteen and three and eleven. But you know what happened in year five? You know what happened in nineteen ninety one? Okay. You know what happened? Twenty six and eight mm. happened. And nine and five in the Big Twelve happened, and that, that, that started a streak of four straight NCAA tournament appearances. So patience, Fred might be saying, "Hey, be patient." Say that to me or the team. To everybody, look what Danny Knee. Danny Knee. I mean, Danny Knee came in right away and went twenty-one and twelve and seven and seven. Okay, succeeded Moiba. Moiba did not left the program in pretty good shape. Moiba went out in the NCAA tournament. He handed in his resignation after they lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Danny inherited a program that was in pretty solid ground. Then, it, then he started to, I guess he started to build because in year two went thirteen and eighteen, year three went 17, 17 and sixteen, year four went ten and eighteen. But then he got it going. I would say to Fred. Just do something like Barry Collier did in year four. I know, oh. low bar. <laughs> so low. Low bar. Ow. But but Barry Collier oh. in year four got it to 18 and 13 okay. and 6 and 10. So okay. I, that's All what right. I've been saying okay. about – that's what I've been saying about Fred. Just get him to 8 and 12, okay? It's terribly low bar. But 8 and 12 means you have beaten some pretty good teams in your league. Would you take 7 and 13? Ah, uh, there's a fine line. I mean, when you start sliding back – no, I'd say eight and twelve. There's a fine line there. You don't you don't want to start playing that game. Eight and twelve is not unreasonable, right? No, I don't. I don't think so. Just keep it at eight and twelve. Doesn't mean if he doesn't win eight games in Big Ten, you're firing him. But I mean, it. It there should be. How about what, what what's wrong with eighteen and thirteen? Like in in Fred's case, nineteen and fourteen or so, and then eight and twelve. What, what, is that so crazy? <laughs> it should it shouldn't be unrealistic to win to win eight games. You know what's happening point. though. You know what's happening though. He's changing things. He, he needs makes, to change things. Look what they're doing though. They're, look what they're recruiting. That kid from SMU, Emmanuel. I can't say the last name. Yeah, Emmanuel's his first name. Mm-hmm. Look at his last name. Um, I forgot his last name. I mean, he's a defensive oriented player. He can shoot the three ball. He can shoot the three ball. He shot sixty. He shot sixty-three percent of his shots from the three-point line, but he prides himself on defense. They brought that kid in, Jawan Gary from Alabama, who prides himself on defense. Blaze Keita, I think, is probably in that sort of vein. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But but I mean, Keita is not going to come in and score twenty a game. Fred's changed, and he hired a defensive coach, Adam Howard. He hired a defensive-oriented coach. He's changing the way he's doing things a little bit. Had to. Had to adapt to the Big Ten. I'm not saying he's got to come in right now and make the NIT even. It's sad sad to say, but it's sad to, to set the bar so low. But progress, meaningful progress to me would be – Eight and twelve in a Big Ten. Emmanuel Bandumel is his last name. Okay, Bandumel. Yeah. So he's brought in some guys SMU. that are a little different. They have a little different profile 
than you would have expected uh, from Fred. He, he hired a coach with a little different profile than you expect. A very, he hired him because he's a, got a unique defensive system, Adam Howard. I just can we just for what? one second realize that if, if people are are in their cars scoffing or rolling their eyes about the idea of Nebraska going eight and twelve in conference play, I mean that's still bad. It's not great, is it? <laughs> like, oh yeah, they're gonna win eight games. What, why does that seem like it's unfathomable well, or that's, impossible? That's I know that sad. this. If that's true, then the bar has been lowered so far here. Well, he's nine and fifty in the Big Ten. So. I mean, Tim Miles won double digit games in two years. Two different Tim years, Miles, two different seasons. Tim Miles' was, year four, though, was not great. It was 16 and 18 and 6 and 12. 6 and 12, though. Now he'd be, Yes, and he'd been to the NCAA tournament two years prior. Okay. He, he went to the NCAA tournament his second year, if you remember. I, oh, I remember it vividly. I loved it. <laughs> One of my favorite, probably my favorite year ever following Nebraska basketball, ever, ever. Tim Miles' second year was 2013, 2014. That was your favorite year. They, they went nine, 19 and 13 and 11 and 7. Yes. Then they, the four seed and lost to Ohio State. Then the Tim tournament. got himself and you know, he he started at, his detractors grew the next three seasons as he was under five hundred, each of them. And then in two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen, in what would have been his one, two, three, four, five, six year, they went twenty two and eleven and thirteen and five, but got screwed out of making the NCAA tournament. Excuse my they language. They got screwed. Yeah, excuse and they, my language. And they got what, a four seed in the in the yeah, NIT? It was a joke. It was a joke. Not looking back. Shaft. They weren't even close to the dance. Right. Shaft. They got that low in the NIT. Yeah. Um, so his year four wasn't great. Um, Doc's year four, Doc Sadler's, was a disaster, 2-14 and 14 in the league. Um, so you can't, you can't just say – I don't know. It's, it's just a talking point that it's, I'm, I'm looking at year fours. But I think, I think year four for Fred needs to be in that eight – Eight and twelve is a is a minimum. Come on, <laughs> and I don't think that there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's not. But again, the Danny knee the Danny knee era is informative in that sometimes patience makes a lot of sense. Again, Danny knee in year four was abysmal, sixteen and eighteen, or excuse me, ten and eighteen and three and eleven, and then what happened? Boom! It turned. It turned on a dime. I, I'm I'm just curious what right now would indicate that they can do that though. Well, maybe he needs one more year. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I know we were trying to be optimistic here and say what you know, what can they actually do know. this year? And I just don't. <laughs> I mean, is, is, is Fred going to sing the tune of look? Look, I, it was a little slow. I was a little slow to adapt to the Big Ten. We had the pandemic that interrupted progress. Now I need a couple years to get this going. Is that what's going to happen? And if so, do, do fans listen to that? Does Trev Alberts listen to that and say, okay, yeah, okay, whatever? Fred's popular here. People like him. I mean, he's... I think that's waning a little bit. Uh, as it probably should be with what he did the first few years he's been here. I mean, but it, I think his his likability factor remains surprisingly high given his record. Right? You still have members of the media basically being apologists for him, which is sort of repulsive in the context sort of. of rolling Bo Pelini in a seven oh four winning percentage out of here, um, and then and then taking up for Fred Hoiberg at nine and fifty in the Big Ten. This, which is why media is generally repulsive. Doc says this: Fred was supposed to be the most accomplished head coach to come to Nebraska, yet he has performed the worst. 
There is no more patience allowed when you're paying your head coach more than you've ever paid any other one. He's getting rich here. He's getting rich. He's getting to do nothing. Will Bolt. Yep. Okay, Will Bolt. Will Bolt. Will Bolt. Very interesting. Very interesting situation there as you size it up. Will Bolt said after Saturday's game that all that juju, positive juju, Jake, Mm -hmm. that Nebraska had last season, 2021, got turned upside down this year. Now, he wasn't making excuses. You create a lot of your juju, right? But all that, all the things that fell right for them in 2021, all the positive juju got turned on its head this year. So last year you have a team that goes 34 and 14, uh, 34 and 14, mm. wins, wins the Big Ten, pushes Arkansas to the brink. Now this year it's sort of a collapse, 24 and 30, um, 10 and 14. Not a horrible – I mean, 10 and 14 is not – It's a bad league. You're right. They won two out of eight series. So now how do you size up Will Bolt? He's bringing in nine JUCO transfers now. Nine JUCO transfers. Nine JUCO transfers. Seven high school kids, nine JUCO transfers. He's, I think he must be sending a message, right? Sending a message to, to his team. I'm bringing in nine JUCO guys to take spots here. Uh, the, the goal for Nebraska is always going to be contend for the Big Ten title in baseball so next year you're not just saying just make the tournament no i mean that's that's a given that you can't say given for i i I hope people rolled their eyes when i said they should right you are one win away so you would have got to the tournament if you were 25 and 29 this year basically think about that that's horrible yeah that should be a given so that yeah and it didn't happen and it didn't happen so what do you got you got will bolt you had the pandemic year played very few games Nine JUCO transfers. Um, you have the pandemic year where they played 15 games and went 7-8. and eight. I don't even know what to make of that, that 2020, 2020 year with Will. I, I look at Will as he's coached here two seasons. Okay? That's how I look yeah, at it. Yeah, the pandemic year. Yeah, 7-8 and eight in it, the pandemic year. Who cares? I don't even know what the, that means. I, can't, I, can't I, forgot. I don't even know what happened in 2020. I've exited that in my you mind. You should. Let it burn it. So basically, with Will, you have this strange board where you're trying to read it. He had one incredibly good season yes. and one that fell way short of expectation. So now what? Now what? What What I say is year three is a big one. Because now... Yeah, did you catch lightning in the bottle year one, or was that, or is this just a dud of a season? Will Bolt has never had a losing season in his coaching career. He's never been through a losing season. This is number one. How much did he learn? How much pressure does he feel? I don't know. How much should he feel? This is, by the way, in the year that you brought in Rob Childress, who I thought was an excellent addition. Well, I think he was. I think he was, too. But, I mean, that's – you were taking the, trying to take the next step up, mm-hmm. knowing that you lost big pieces of the, of the team last year. That's the thing. That's the thing. What's informative about this year to me – is you know what my default was as we discussed Nebraska baseball in the preseason? It was always, well, Will Bolt's the coach, so they'll be okay. Informative meaning I have to guard against that default mechanism. You have to look at the personnel. The personnel 
the per, it's about the players more than the the coach. If you there's there's sayings about it. A good coach, obviously, that good coaching acumen is diminished if you just don't have the roster. Obviously, a good coach can't go out there and do it. He's got to get he's got to get the guys that helps him show his great coaching ability. And they didn't have they apparently didn't have that this no, year. Didn't work out. It didn't. It didn't work out. And it was incredible because the defense faltered at a high level, which I would never associate with a Will Bolt team. The offense was not aggressive. Not aggressive. That's what Will Bolt is. Dave Van Horn disciple. What what do you think of Dave Van Horn? What do you think about? Pushing the envelope, aggression, tough, savvy. So what happened? How did he not get that out of these guys? Fred's supposed to be an offensive guru. Offenses have been terrible. His defenses have been terrible well, too. You got you got to hope that baseball you know comes back and says you know we're, we're pissed. Chip on his shoulder. Big chip on his shoulder. Maybe less passionately they they read all the articles about it. Yeah. Oh, this team's going to be good. Yep. They're just going to win the, the or they're going to contend for the Big Ten title because they're in Nebraska and they just did it last year. Did you come in with that chip on your shoulder or not? Didn't sound like they did. All right, we got a call. It's going to call from Mike. Mike, you're on early break. Go ahead, man. Hey guys. Hey, I'm I'm not sounding alarm on Will Bolt. I, I do think, like Steve said, next year's huge. But he's had a couple things that this year that really kind of bothered me. Earlier in the year, when they're really struggling, he said, "Well, I can tell you, we're a lot closer now than when I got here." And I thought that was a little swipe at Darren Erstad. Mm-hmm. And and then I look at two last year, all those leaders, Schwalenbach, all the, virtually all those guys were recruited by Erstadt and were here when he got here. I just I didn't much care for that. And then I know he doesn't make many excuses, but you know he said uh, su- Sunday or Saturday, well boy we finally get things together, and then we don't make it because of uh, something out of our control. And I thought that was a horrible comment. This season was lost earlier in the year. You know, if we're going to pin it on, well, Purdue, you know, didn't want to play very badly, so we didn't make it. I just, I just don't think that's a good thing for a coach to say. Control what you can control. Don't, don't put it on a one game not being played cost me the tournament. No, that was all year long. Um, and then that one other thing, I don't know how much you guys watched in or, or whatever, but it seemed like all year there were some guys that. You know, at one point, uh, Bryce Matthews had 14 errors in 20-some games. And I know he's a player, and, and he did have a good tournament or a good series this weekend, but, boy, he just kept struggling. He was hitting at the Mendoza line. He's booting the balls around like a soccer player, mm-hmm. and he never puts anyone else in. And I asked my buddy who played a lot, he says, obviously, you know, he feels there's no one better, but I said, don't you think, you know, sometimes it helps sit him down one game, calm him down, hey, watch the game, we'll get you back in, and we're just, just take a day off. And we just kept running the same guys out there who were booting the ball, not hitting, and didn't even try somebody else. You, you never know. Um, thanks a lot, guys. Yes. Well, Will alluded to that second part. Thank you, Mike. Will alluded to that second part by saying one thing that you definitely need is depth. That you need depth in this, I mean, in in college baseball, depth is critical. 
Now, here's what Will said. This is the quote that Mike alluded to. It's an empty feeling, Bolt said after the Saturday loss, the win, mm-hmm. excuse me, after the Saturday win, 10-9 to 9 win. He said, because you feel like you finally got over the hump and did what you needed to do on championship Saturday and something that's totally out of your control doesn't allow you to continue your season. He's not wrong, right? <laughs> they did they did get over the hump and won they won a league series. Right? They, they won did. they won their second league series in eight tries. That was their final series right. of the season. In, in a sense second. they did get over the hump that way. They they finished a game, they won ten to nine, and did what it needed to do. And then he's right. Something out of their control kept him out of Omaha. Now we got to get back to football. We didn't even get to I know. football. We, we do. After the we're, break. We're late. Yeah. yeah. After the break. We'll hey, hey, Gus, caller three right now, 464 5685. You're going to win a, a two pack of tickets to the Adventure Golf Center. You got a third course opening up, I think, this week, but they got two other great ones right now. 56th and Old Cheney. Great way to spend some time with your. Family or just yourself out there? What caller? Caller three right now, 402-464-5685, winning two passes to Adventure Golf Center at 56th and Old Cheney. More next on Early Break on the Ticket.